Hello and welcome to today's episode. Now, I have wanted to start a podcast for a very long time and I have a feeling that this is probably going to be the first episode that I release. So if it is, hi, thank you for joining me. And I have decided to start this podcast because there are so many things that I'm learning and gaining experience in and I just wanted another outlet to be able to help people and share my knowledge and give advice and there's only so much that you can share on social media whether that's you know a video or within a caption and I think starting a podcast will just allow me to explore things explore topics in a little bit more detail so I wanted to use this first episode as a chance to um, almost like get to know me um, and for me to kind of share my experiences and talk through my own personal journey and talk through what has taken me to the point that I'm at now so we'll go right back to the beginning and I got into the fitness industry about eight years ago, I think. I think it was eight years ago, maybe longer, maybe shorter. But prior to that, I'd done a performing arts degree and I think that's where my initial love of fitness came from because we had to be very fit, we had to be very active and I think that's kind of the starting point of where I started to think, actually, I quite like this and if there's a career out there where I could do this more often, then that's going to be the one for me. So. I started off doing performing arts as a degree and when I finished I ended up working in a female only gym as a receptionist and after about a year I had started to do some of my qualifications but we were all made redundant and the gym was closing down and at that point I was kind of like so which which direction do I go in now and I decided to pack my bags and (laughs) went and travelled around Australia and lived there for two years and it was an amazing experience and it was something with that I will cherish forever the memories from that from that time in my life are just incredible so if you ever get a chance to go to Australia go because it is an incredible place and I think part of my heart still still belongs in Australia but the reason why I bring Australia up is because it was probably the first point in my life where I had started to see a change in my relationship with food and there was a short time while I was there where I became quite lonely and I noticed that I turned to food as a way to kind of suppress and soothe those feelings and I was definitely using food at that time as a coping mechanism. It's only now that I can look back and and kind of identify that but I just think it's a really important part of the bigger picture that I'm going to be talking about because the there's always like an initial trigger. And for me, being in Australia, I had been separated from some of my friends and I think I was just, I just got to a point where I I wasn't particularly happy. So I was using food as a coping mechanism and I started to eat large quantities of food. I was actually working in a restaurant at the time and I don't think that particularly helped. Um, But yeah, I just remember there were times where I was standing in a supermarket and I was just looking at all the shelves of food and obviously it was all delicious, hyper palatable food. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed with all the choices and wanting to, to eat it all. And I don't really remember how long it went on for, I reckon a couple of months, but I decided to leave where I was living in Melbourne at the time and I decided to leave and go and join some of my friends and it was almost like overnight that just stopped. I just stopped being so obsessed with food and I can't tell you why or how I did it. I just stopped, you know, overeating and that kind of just disappeared for a while. So I didn't have any issues after that for quite some time. So after leaving Australia, 
um, unfortunately I couldn't stay there. Um, it's really hard to get a visa out there. Um, but I came back and I got qualified and I decided that this was the career that I wanted to pursue. I was, you know, I totally fallen in love with, with fitness and health. And that was, that was kind of the direction that I wanted to take my life in. And I was working for a few years as a personal trainer and there was a really big turning point in my life that has kind of made everything else kind of fall into place since that point. So I went through a pretty tough breakup and I got myself into a really dark, a really dark place. And as a way of coping, I needed something positive to focus on. I was feeling really lost. I was mentally pretty unstable and I just needed something to kind of help me get out of this rut that I was in. And I remember speaking to someone um, that I knew and they mentioned about competing and I thought, you know what, that's something positive for me to focus on. I can put my all into it. I can go through this massive transformation, almost like a revenge body type scenario. And I was like, right, yeah, competing sounds like that's gonna be the thing that helps. And this person ended up coaching me through my first ever competition. They had experience uh, competing themselves, but hadn't actually coached anyone. Um, so I do think that that now looking back, that was probably a bit of a red flag and a bit of a missing piece to that to that part of my journey. So uh, yeah, I decided to compete and I went through a really strict dieting phase and I think it lasted for about 15 weeks. And during that time, I lost a lot of body fat for this prep, like a lot of body fat. I was very lean by the time I came to my competition. And previous to starting prep, I actually wasn't eating a lot due to going through such an emotional time in my life with the breakup. And looking back now, it definitely wasn't the healthiest starting point. However, I do say to people, or I have in the past, that deciding to compete probably saved my life at that point because without it, I'd have probably continued down this spiral of depression and I'm not sure where I would be without having that positive outlet that I that I kind of clung to throughout that so I started to prep for the competition and I think looking back now you know I ate about maybe 15 different types of food for the whole prep so it wasn't flexible at all it was really really strict I was relentless like I stuck to whatever that my coach at the time was, was telling me to eat and I was weighing everything I was very very obsessive with it and I think when you go through competition prep you do have to be maybe not as strict as I was but you do have to be um really dedicated and really um I can't think of the word that I'm thinking of there but you do have to really kind of nail it and not let you know a bite of this and a, a spoonful of that kind of go go um yeah kind of go down the that route so there were some really tough times tough moments during my competition prep and I definitely noticed a change in my personality I was a lot more snappy and there was times where I felt really down and obviously I was dealing with loads of emotions from um you know the the kind of breakup but there were there was a lot of kind of emotions coming up through competing However, there were also so many moments during my competition prep where I felt so proud and I could see my physique changing and I just felt like, you know what, this is a really positive outlook. And yeah, it was it was a mix of emotions during that time. And although there were tough days and there were days where I wanted to give up, 
I actually learned a lot about myself in the process. Um, so it's something that I that I do look back and kind of I am glad that I went through it. But I did become massively obsessed with food. Like I would scroll and save recipes on Instagram every single night. And I would write out all these meals that I'd eat when I finished competing. I'd spend hours, like I mean hours, looking at pictures of food, watching recipe videos, um, you know, watching people cook and eat food. Like it was, it was ridiculous. And now I look back and think, God, like that was such a, a really damaging thing to, to be you know, a really damaging habit to be going through. But at the time I was very food focused and you, you, when you are going through something so strict, you do become really preoccupied with food. So it is almost natural to have that response. So I ended up competing. I did two shows in the first year and I placed first in both of them. And they were immensely proud moments for me because I felt like all my hard work had paid off. I felt like I had dedicated myself to something and I was being rewarded um, for it. And it was a really, really proud moment of my life. And, you know, having all your family there and people supporting you. I just, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a really, really big kind of um, thing that I was proud of. However, the problem was that after I finished competing and I knew that I wasn't going to do any more, and I kind of decided I was going into an off season, I'd bring calories back up and have a break from dieting and focus on building muscle and getting ready for the following year to compete again. But I wasn't really supported by a coach through this kind of post diet period. And I felt as soon as I finished competing that the handcuffs were off. Like I was all of a sudden allowed to eat whatever I wanted. I, you know, there was no food off limits. And I always say to people, it was literally like someone had, had been released from jail and they were like, go, off you go, enjoy yourself. And I'd spent months missing out on social occasions, taking my Tupperware to friends' houses, spending hours on the treadmill. And all of a sudden I was open to this brand new world. And like I was like a kid in a candy shop literally and one of the things that happens when you can finish competing or well it did happen for me is that people buy you food like people are like celebrate you know here's some cookies or here's some sweets or chocolate and obviously it came from a good place but I ended up having all this food in my house as soon as I finished competing and that led me to be in a really vulnerable position to overeat and I got to the point where I got very obsessed with food and I ended up having what I now know to be as binge eating disorder. I would eat large quantities of food, I couldn't control myself, like there was just no stopping me. I was eating in secret and to the point of feeling physically sick and I actually remember a time when I when I tried to make myself sick and because I'd eaten so much and because I felt so horrendous but thankfully I wasn't able to do that because God knows what route I'd have gone down if that was something I was actually able to follow through with. But it was it was a really, really scary time and that post-dieting period is so tough, especially when you've gone to the extreme levels of body fat that I had for competing. And it was, yeah, you know, everything was all of a sudden available and every day I was coming home, eating in my bedroom, 
eating really like hyper palatable foods, lots of fats and carbs. And I was stuffing my face to the point where I would feel sick pretty much every single night. And with that came about so much shame and guilt. I felt horrendous, not just physically from eating so much, but because I was like, oh my God, I feel like, I feel like such a fraud. Like, how can I be doing this? And, but I just could not stop myself. And my body changed so fast during that time. I had no idea how quickly you could gain back weight until I went through that post-dieting period. And I felt like everyone was staring at me and making comments. I felt like people knew that I was binge eating. People knew how much food I was eating. Like I said, I felt like a fraud. And it was, it was a really, really tough time. And I don't think people know how um, vulnerable you are when you have dieted to that extreme. And I remember like, because I worked in a gym at the time and people would be like, oh, you look healthier or you look a lot fuller. And I could just tell that people were thinking, wow, you've gained a lot of weight already. And it was those type of comments that made me want to diet again. I wanted to go back to my prep diet and try and undo all the damage I'd done because I'd gained so much weight, especially, you know, over the next couple of months. And I was like fixated on going back to that rigid diet, go back to restricting myself and try and get my body back to at least some level of, uh, you know, leanness that I'd had leading up to the competition. And every night I would sit there, I would binge eat and then I'd say, right, here's the perfect plan. I would write it out and this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. This is the training that I'm going to do. These are the foods that I'm going to be eating eating this is the amount of cardio that I'm going to do and I'd spend like an hour writing this perfect plan out and I would constantly say to myself this time it's going to be different this time I'm tomorrow I'm actually going to be able to follow through with this and I'd go back to try like planning for a very rigid and aggressive deficit again um my master plan was set for the next day and I would try to you know in my head I was like right this is the plan that's going to get as much weight off as possible possible and I'll start to feel better in my body but the next day would come and I just couldn't restrict again I that that thought of trying to hold back food when I was so hungry and my hunger signals were so far off what they that you know what they needed to be I just could not go through that restriction again so each night I'd end up binging and then I'd make this master plan again and I'd go through this cycle and it lasted for months it was it was intense and I remember the pressure of wanting to binge build up it in me throughout the day and I would have all this anxiety thinking no just don't binge tonight it's not you've done so well already you know I'd eaten like 300 calories that day and I was like look you've already made such a massive deficit don't do it tonight but nothing would get rid of that feeling that pressure and that anxiety until I gave into the binge and it was it was a time where I gained a lot of weight and I think people started to notice and there were so many moments where I think like, why do people not kind of talk to me about it? But again, it's something that people don't really, you know, I was doing so much of it in secret. And I remember going round to my friend's house at, the, at, at one point and I remember just like bursting out into tears and I was telling her how much chocolate I'd eaten and she was like, you know, it's not like you ate the whole bar and I was like but I did eat the whole bar and amongst other things during that time and it was I was just trying to open up to someone and try and tell them like I am really struggling I know that my behavior and what I'm doing is not normal and I think the turning point came when I spoke to my mum 
Like I was so scared and I felt really lonely and I felt like I I had no idea that this was actually a thing. And I spoke to my mum and we had a lot, of, you know, I cried quite a bit because it was really scary. And no one was really talking about the aftermath of dieting, or at least I, I wasn't aware of it. And no one was talking about the struggles and how difficult it is. And that kind of made it even harder because I was so unaware of what, you know, could potentially happen when you do diet to that extreme. And I just want to make it clear, like competing did not give me a binge eating disorder. There were so many other factors that played into that. And I hadn't had the best relationship with food prior to starting prep and dieting to any extreme would emphasize those type of issues. So I just want to make that clear because I know that there's a bit of a confusion when people do talk about competing and people say, oh, competing gave me a binge eating disorder. And that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that it kind of emphasized certain things that I was already, you know, predisposed to or I'd already been through at certain other points of my life. So after I spoke to my mum, I got in touch with a coach, a very well-known coach, someone who's massively respected in the industry. And I was like, right, I'm going to do this seriously now. And at that time, I was like, I just need someone to help me. And I don't think I was completely honest with my coach at the time because I just wanted help to diet again. And had he have known how severe it had gotten, I'm not sure he'd have taken me on. So I think, I can't remember exactly how much I told him, but I definitely think I held certain things back because I was just like, I just need someone to help me diet again because I'm so uncomfortable in my body and I'm really, really struggling. And I think dieting is the, the thing that I need to do. He took me on. And we went through a phase of getting back to basics, getting back into some sort of routine with eating, putting some boundaries in place and just stalling the weight gain train that I was on. And he gave me a little more, little bit more structure and just started to get back into some healthful habits, especially around food. And I made some really good progress. Um, but looking back now, knowing what I know, I had an eating disorder and I really should have got help there and then rather than turn to a coach who was you know he, he was they were experienced for for helping people lose body fat and what i actually needed was help with an eating disorder but at the time i wasn't particularly aware of that so i went through prep again and it was definitely harder in terms of my starting point like i was carrying a lot more body fat so um i it was it was harder in that respect but it I was also mentally prepared. So I knew what the aftermath was. I knew what to expect. So it, it was harder in some respects, but easier in others. With that, because I was carrying more body fat, I did have to go more aggressively due to running out of time. I'd picked a show date and I think I remember pushing the show date back a couple. I think I remember changing which shows I was doing maybe two times because I was like, God, I've, I've got a lot to go, but I'm running out of time. So uh, the at the point I think towards the end of my diet for my my second year of competing I was on maybe 800 900 calories a day I was doing 90 minutes of cardio I was still doing all my training sessions I was doing god knows how many steps outside of the gym just in this in this final push to try and get as lean as possible and I competed again and placed first in my category so I was like yes like this is you know I'm actually good at this and I felt like I needed to prove myself and I felt like after my first year of competing I just needed to prove that it wasn't a fluke and it was actually something that I was good at and yeah so I went through this this second year of competing and during this time 
um, I hadn't really had a period within those two years of competing. I think I had two, two months of a cycle and then it disappeared again. So after the first year of competing, I lost my, my cycle pretty quickly. And then I didn't gain it back for like six months. And then I had two, two periods and then I went back into a deficit. So within two years, I hadn't had a period other than for two months. And uh, that is really scary. And that's something that I, uh, at the time, I mean, people talk about it so much more now, but at the time I had no idea that that was possible. And I also had no idea the implications to your health that that would have. So after the, the, the second year of competing, I was thinking, you know what, I'm not sure which route I want to go down. Do I want to focus on my health and get my period back? Um, or do I just want to, you know, go into a bit of an off season with, with the idea that I would compete for a third time, a third year running. So I did decide that I was going to try for a third time. Um, but I noticed very, very quickly that my head and my heart just wasn't in it. Um, I was finding like I was questioning what I was doing. I was asking, you know, is this still a priority for me? I'd met someone as well. And I just thought, do I want to go through this whole process again? as well as starting to get to know someone, I don't want them to get to know me as like cranky, cranky gym girl and someone who brings Tupperware to a cinema. Like I just, so there was a lot of, I was very confused at this time whether I wanted to compete again or whether I needed to actually take a step back and prioritize other things. And I went through a, a period where I was just questioning what I value, what I want out of my life and the impact that competing had. And I decided, I spoke to my coach and I just said, look, I just don't have it in me again. I don't have that same drive. And I told him if I'm not completely committed that I don't want to do it. And of course he was like, you know, this is, you've got to make that decision. He didn't force me to do anything. He was very, um, he was very understanding and completely agreed. And it was really hard giving up something I'd been so attached to, like being a bikini competitor, a competitor was part of my identity and it was so tightly sewn into who I was because I'd spent two years dedicated to this to this uh, endeavor that it was such an ingrained part of my identity and I remember once I decided that I wasn't going to compete I thought who am I without it like who am I now who am I I'm not the girl who competes anymore so I, I think to ease some of that, I made a bit of a pact with myself and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a few months and then I'm going to decide. But the further I got away from it, the less I feel like I wanted to go back there. And now looking back at it, back at it so many years on, I don't think I'll ever compete again. And I have a massive respect for people who do it because it is such a hard process, process, process but for me especially now my life is so different and I have a completely different purpose like my outlooks on life are so so different and the things that I value are different to where I was when I originally competed and for me the benefit of competing again just doesn't outweigh the cost and I don't want to go through a process where potentially it could trigger things again so I'm just not willing to take that risk. But I am so grateful for the experience and it directed me to where I am now in my career. It made me aware of certain things. It made me aware of the, the risks that come with dieting and the risks especially that come with competing. And since that point, I have spent so much time learning and educating myself 
around so many topics like mindset, relationship with food, body image, and I've tried to learn from as many amazing mentors and coaches as possible because what I experienced during my competition prep had a massive impact on my relationship with food, my relationship with my body, and I spent, I've spent years trying to undo some of the damage that I inflicted on myself, I guess, um, through dieting to such extremes and through having issues around food and my body before even dieting. And so I have really taken the time to learn about as many things as possible so that I can find my place within the industry and figure out exactly what it is that I stand for and who I can help. And also, so that when people come to me, if they have some of these red flags and I think, you know what, that that doesn't sound like a healthy place to be dieting from, I can be open and honest with them. And I can also talk through my experience and share my experience in the hope that if anyone even if you are listening to this podcast and you feel like some of what I was saying was resonating with you, that you go and get the help that you need. Um, so yeah, it has been it has been a journey um, and it has helped me to figure out what kind of impact I want to have. And there are so many amazing coaches out there, but there are also so many people taking advantage of people when they're vulnerable, when they are desperate and they are actually causing more harm than good whether they realize it or not and for me I just want to be aware of things as much as possible and help people who truly need my help and help them in a way that is actually best for them so throughout this podcast all the episodes and stuff that I'm going to release like you might be a little bit well where do you sit with certain things and I just want to make it clear I am not anti-diet and I am not pro-diet. I am whatever is right for the individual that is in front of me that I'm working with. It is so dependent on each person individually, and you cannot blanket statement everyone with, you shouldn't diet, or you need to go on a diet. It's going to be different for each individual. And I want to create this lasting change. And a lot of that stems from mindset. And we want to make sure that when you are going through whatever change you're deciding to make, whether it's, you know, aesthetic reasons or um, health reasons, whatever it is, that those changes are happening and coming from the right place. They're happening for the right reason. And hopefully there'll be lots of episodes coming up with all of these different things and you will start to understand potentially what might be the right direction for you if you are confused. But... Hopefully you've made it this far. Um, it has been, sorry, there's probably been a lot going on um, to take in, but just know, I just want to make it really clear. If you think that you might have binge eating disorder or any other kind of eating disorder, go and get help. There, You can go and speak to your GP. There is the BEAT website, so that's B-E-A-T. Um, that's where you can get a lot of help and support because... I think people think I just need to diet again and that will help and I'll be able to overcome this and that couldn't be further from the truth. If you are struggling with an eating disorder, the last thing you need to be doing is going through a diet. What you really need is to get help and support so that you can understand it and overcome it. Like binge eating is a clinical eating disorder and that cannot be cured 
by dieting or hiring a coach like myself. Like you need to speak to someone who who has the education and the experience with working with people who have eating disorders. So that is the main thing. Go and get help if any of this has kind of triggered any thoughts or it has resonated with you on, on some kind of level. Because I have spent literally years repairing my relationship with food and my body um, to get me to a point now where I feel like I have overcome it. And I've had help from various from various people to, to be in this position now. Um, so yeah, thank you for making it this far if you're still with me. Um, you can find me on Instagram at rsfitnessuk if you want to reach out, let me know your thoughts about this episode or if you want to discuss anything I've spoken about within this within this episode, please do. I would love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, that is the end of my story and I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you have gained something from this and stay tuned for some of the episodes coming up. We're going to be talking about dieting. We're going to be talking about body image. We're going to be talking about relationship with food, all these various things. So there is lots of good stuff coming up, but thank you very much for staying with me to this point. I hope you have a fabulous day, whatever you're doing, and I will catch you on the next episode.